Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Gist Yarn and Fiber. I am so excited to welcome Rachel Snack to the podcast today. Rachel is the designer and weaver behind Weaver House Co., and also the creative director at Harrisville Designs. She has a BFA in Fiber and Material Studies from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and a Master's of Science in Textile Design from Philadelphia University. She also did a six-month art residency with a nonprofit women's cooperative in Peru, which I'm really excited to get to talk to her about, and she currently lives and works in New Hampshire. Rachel, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So I would really love to start out by asking how you found your way to weaving and why did it stick? So that's actually a really great story. I, um, I was doing painting and ceramics in high school. I went to a really small high school in North Jersey, and that is kind of the extent of what they offered in their art program. But I really loved being creative. And I did a um, pre-college program at SAIC, the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, where I did my undergrad. And I just fell in love with Chicago and with the school, and I knew I wanted to be there. Um, So I applied and got in, and um, I thought I was going to be a painter. So I thought I was going to go and be a painter, and, you know, my... My mother, bless her heart, was like, how are you going to make money? But go <laughs> go live your dream. Um, and the funny thing is my my counselor, so, you know, you register for classes over the phone your first semester, and my counselor looked at my portfolio, and he said, you should really be in a class called Intro to Fiber. And I had no idea what that meant. I had to Google fiber. Like, I really had no concept. Um And I was kind of annoyed because I wanted to be in a painting class and I wanted to be with those classmates. Um, But I trusted him and, you know, he enrolled me in that class. And in that class, I learned every fiber technique, you know, from embroidery and crochet and knitting to weaving. And I just, I fell in love with weaving. Um, And I actually never took a single painting class in my undergrad. I stayed in the textiles department. It was called Fiber Material Studies. And I yeah, I just fell in love and I studied weaving intensely. So that's kind of how it all, it all started my freshman year of undergrad. That's pretty incredible. Do you know what your counselor saw in your work that made him think you should be a weaver or a fiber person? You know, I actually, I regret that I don't know who the person is that I I talked to him one time and it's crazy that he kind of shaped my entire career without knowing it. Um, cause I never had a face to face with him. But I do remember him saying that I I used a lot of like mixed media in my painting. So I was like sticking really weird stuff in like feathers and lace and stuff like that. And I think from looking at my painting, he thought I should should explore other materials. That's pretty cool. And of all of the different fibers that you were exposed to in school, what was it about the looms that kept calling you back? I, you know, the funny thing is I remember when I was, first learning to weave, I really hated the process, actually. I hated warping. I was so impatient. I'm not, you know, I'm not, math is not my strong suit. So in the beginning, I really, I just wanted to get a warp on. It was sitting down at the loom and actually the process um, of weaving being in movement and in motion. And then the, the more I learned about weaving, the more I studied it, you know, I really fell in love with the entire process. And now I actually, warping is some of my are one of my favorite parts of the process, but 
um, yeah, in the beginning, it was really it was really satisfying to to just be able to create cloth, um, and yeah, it really just grew from there. That's great. I was looking a lot at your website, weaverhouseco.com, as I was getting ready to talk to you today. And among the many gorgeous pieces of work that you've done, I was really interested in your body of work called I Am, I Am, I Am, which you created for your thesis exhibition at Philadelphia University. And you wrote that it was driven by the idea of sacred spaces gone unnoticed in everyday place. And I'm wondering if you could talk about this idea and about the process of creating this work. So this work, um, this work is really personal to me. I feel like I have slowly been developing this body of work for years now without fully realizing it. Um, when I was in graduate school and writing a thesis, it was this moment where I was allowed to articulate everything I was feeling about weaving and about my practice um, and kind of the conceptual launch of who I am as a weaver and as an artist. And it was it was really incredible just to be able to pour that out into one collection and have a platform to do so. Um, and so this collection, it, it just encapsulates all of those, all of those feelings that I've had for a long time about the practice and thinking about just noticing the imperfect. I think something that I have embraced the entire time I've been a weaver, which is really liberating is weaving the beauty of weaving of hand weaving especially is that it's not perfect and i know a lot of people will get uh, caught up on you know having the perfect selvage or if they miss a pick or if they have a float somewhere and i've always thought that those little imperfections were what made hand weaving really beautiful and just kind of noticing those and embracing those and adding value to those imperfections and so the same idea of, of living, you know, kind of in moments where you notice something, an imperfection in, in everyday place or everyday life, and you celebrate that and you find some sort of beauty in that. And I think it stems from, I was sitting in a friend's kitchen once and the, the wallpaper above her stove was peeling or the paint was peeling and it was revealing a little bit of like this beautiful floral wallpaper underneath and I just had this really intense moment sitting there thinking like that that little moment that I've captured in my mind is really, really beautiful and kind of just playing off of that, you know, noticing all those those moments in everyday place. That's beautiful. And what what kind of materials did you work with as you were creating those pieces? What was um, the process of making them? So if you look at the collection, you can see that it's a lot of neutrals. Um, I think I was really focused on, on highlighting structure and texture. So I was using a lot of natural materials, um, cotton specifically. Most of my warps were cotton, but also linen and wool um, and, and even chenille. Um, I, love, I love the texture of chenille. I love that chenille is so in in fashion right now <laughs> because I can buy a, a lot of a lot of sweaters made of chenille, but yeah, I, I was just focusing on texture. I have some mohair in there. Um, I was really researching fibers that would, um, that would create really, really beautiful structures. That's great. I'll, I'll link in the show notes directly to that, um, section of your website so people can go check it out. Oh, great. If they're interested. 
So you did a six-month art residency at a nonprofit workers cooperative, uh, women's cooperative in Peru, where you designed a line of handwoven textiles that you were working with a team of weavers there to construct. And I'd love if you could talk more about that worker, workers cooperative and about your experience there. Sure. So this was after my undergrad, after my first job in textile conservation. I was feeling like I just wanted to travel and live somewhere else for a little bit uh, before, you know, diving into full-blown nine-to-five career. I mean, I was a nine-to-five, but, you know, um, and I found this nonprofit called Awamaki in Peru, and they work with, I'm not sure if they, I think it's now six women's cooperatives, but don't quote me on that. They they work with um, women's cooperatives all around the area they are in, in Peru, which is called Oyente Tambo. Um, and in Peru, you fly into Lima, and then you take another plane from Lima to Cusco, and then you take a combi, which is essentially a bus, from Cusco to Ayanta, and then from Ayanta, you would take a train to get to Machu Picchu. So it's a long journey to get to Machu Picchu, which is a huge tourist you know, attraction, and Ayanta is the town that you have to travel to um, to get to Machu Picchu. So it's a small town, but you know, a lot of people are coming and going, and that's where Alamaki is located. Um, and they they work with women that are up in the Andes Mountains. Um, the cooperative that I worked with specifically was the Weaving Cooperative. Um, so they they live in a town called Patacancha, which is about two hours up in the mountains. Um, the Oyanta is located in a valley, so you drive up into the mountains, and all these women are they we built them or Almaki built them a a weaving center essentially. Um, but it's just an area that's outside where they, they weave on backstrap looms. So they all have their children strapped to their back and then a loom strapped to their torso and, and they weave. And it's really, really incredible weaving and really incredible artistry. Um, so I worked with them, uh, for a few months designing textiles. Um, they, they weave, you know, they're doing pickup um, and a tapestry style on their backstrap looms. And they weave these images called paille. Um, and they're, they're like condors or snakes. They're, they're all these different really pictorial images. Um, and so I was working with them to, to maintain that imagery and that tradition in their weaving, but to kind of create more contemporary designs. So adding striping or different color combinations that would make their their weaving just slightly more contemporary for the market. Um, and we, we created some really beautiful textiles together. That's amazing. How did you end up connecting with them? I on it, it was a total fluke again. I just was doing a lot of research about traveling and how I could travel someplace and really live. You know, I lived in Ireland for a little while. I really wanted to live someplace again and really be immersed in the culture. And this residency is just the one that aligned with with my timing and with I, what I wanted to do. So I kind of ended up in Peru by accident. And it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. So if you haven't been to Peru, I highly recommend it. It's definitely on my list of places I really want to yes, go. It's breathtaking. Yeah. yeah. So what was, what was that like? Like what was it a day in the life or a week in the life? How were you working with people on designs and Tell me more about that. It was really special. The first month that I arrived there, I lived with a family um, to kind of have an introduction into culture and also um, kind of just have a little guide into, you know, I didn't speak any Spanish, (laughs) bless 
bless my Spanish teacher at high school's heart, like I didn't speak any Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, it just kind of helps you adjust. And so I lived with a family for a while and um, would walk to the studio every day. So Almaki has like headquarters in Oyanta. And, you know, we would take trips up every once in a while and stay with the women up in Patacancha. Uh, but mainly I was down in Oyanta doing doing design work in the studio um, in the nonprofit. And they do really, I mean, they have knitting cooperatives, dyeing cooperatives. Um, so visiting those also, meeting those women and their families um, and really getting to know the workers. And then I actually, um, because of my uh background, I was doing also a little bit of like web design for them and also helping them grow their website and, and update their presence on social media, et cetera. So I was doing a little bit of both. Very cool. Thanks yeah. for sharing all that. So you recently started a job as the creative director at Harrisville Designs in New Hampshire. I'd love to hear a little about Harrisville Designs and about your role there. Of course. So Harrisville Designs, we're located in Harrisville, New Hampshire. Um, So anyone who knows New Hampshire, we're um, in between Keene and Peterborough. And we are a a small but mighty company. We do a lot of things. So uh, first and foremost, we have a spinning mill. So we spin um, wool yarn. And we have been spinning in Harrisville for over 40 years. You know, we're only a handful of woolen mills that are left in the country. So it's a really incredible tradition that we're able to carry on. Um, and then also we, so we are a yarn and a loom company. So we also build looms, floor looms. And we also have a, a children's line called Friendly Loom Products. So we design fiber art kits for, for children. Um, but also within that realm, we, we do lap looms Um and we do a lot of like knitting and crochet and those type of projects that span from you know children to adults. Um, we also have a retail store, so we we operate a retail store in Harrisville. It's a really beautiful store, so if you're thinking about visiting, it's really fun because you can come visit our store and shop all of our yarns and a lot of other brands of yarn. And we also have fleece. Um, knitting and spinning crochet supplies we have looms in our store so you can sit down at one of our looms and try it Um, we also have you know like home furnishings and apparel it's it's a really beautiful gift shop you know you can buy um, fiber art stuff but you can also buy other gifts and we do offer um, mill tours so if you do want to come you know do a little day trip to Harrisville you can come visit our retail store and shop our store And you can also get a tour of our mill, which is really special. Um, And just as like an asterisk to that, you do have to call ahead and and, um, request a tour. So I don't want anyone to show up and be like, I'm here for a tour. (laughs) But if you do call ahead, um, we would love to show you the mill, which is a really fun experience to actually get to see yarn being made. Um, And then lastly, we host classes. So we do workshops um, and we do workshops in weaving and knitting Belting. I'm actually teaching a natural dyeing workshop in August, so I'm really excited about that. And we do these workshop intensives. Most of them are a week long. Some are two to, to four to even five days, depending on the type of workshop it is. Um, and what's really cool is we also have a boarding house. It's called the Cheshire Mills Boarding House. And it is right across the street 
from the from the studio so people can come and stay and take one of our classes and stay in the the boarding house it's really inexpensive to stay there um, and be able to just walk across the street to the studio so it's a really fun little experience to take a class with us um, and so that's kind of that's like the elevator pitch of everything we do we do a lot but we really love it that's great and what does your role as the creative director entail? What's a day in the life at your job? That's a fun question. Um, so I just started my position uh, mid-September and I had graduated from Philadelphia University with my grad degree in May um, and moved up here in September to start this role. So it is fairly new for me, but I am. I spent a lot of time learning about the company. I mean, as I just explained, we have we have a lot of aspects. And so as the creative director, I'm sort of navigating uh, building our brand and growing our brand and, and looking at all of the history and all of the incredible things we do, um, finding cohesion there, and really just being a support for all of the different aspects of our company and all of the different departments. Um, so it can be my day to day could be anything from designing a yarn label um, to, I don't know, uh, a product development to um, looking at, you know, doing I do all of our social media. So Instagram and Facebook um, to creating labels for our friendly loom products, um, you know, any any part of the the creative side of things to so looking at our yarn line and, and designing, you know, yarn cards and media kits and ads and all that fun stuff. So I'm kind of, I have my hand in all of those, all of those aspects. So no, no day is the same. Let's just say that, <laughs> but it is, it is a, there are a lot of fun projects and it's really exciting because there is incredible history at Harrisville and um, there is so much potential for us as, as we continue to grow and as we see a resurgence in weaving, which is what I'm most passionate about. So it's exciting for me to be part of that too. Yeah, that's, that's really great. How have you found that being at a yarn mill every day and, and having access to this history, how is that impacting your own work and your own weaving? That's a really great question. I think I was surprised by how little I actually knew about yarn production. You kind of assume things that um, aren't necessarily true or you think you you understand and then when you really when you really see the process and you really begin to to have an appreciation for just how detail oriented it is to make a yarn and how you know the process of receiving the yarn and having it dyed and having it carded and going through all of our equipment and in the end coming out consistent and finding that consistency is, it's really mind blowing and really cool to watch. Um, so I've definitely learned a lot about, you know, I, especially in grad school, I was working on jacquard looms and I was doing um, sort of more industrial textile design with uh, creating, you know, repeat patterns and, and plugging them into the loom for home furnishings or apparel. And that was really cool to see the technical side of textile design that way, but then to actually go one step back and be able to see how the yarn is made that then goes on the loom. You know, I feel like I have a really, really cool understanding of all the aspects of what goes into creating something that is knit or that is woven. Um, and knitting is another huge part of our company that I am, you know, I, I, 
have a very small understanding of or aspect of the knitting community because I haven't been as active in the knitting community. And I, it has been so fun and so incredible to learn about, you know, the knitting industry and, and the community there and meet all of those people and really become passionate about that side of our business too. So it's all trickled into my work. It's so, <laughs> so much to, it's just so fun. I mean, I have a, I have a Harrisville Designs loom at home that I brought home with me that they outfitted with two back beams. So I can now, you know, do really fun double cloth structures. And it's, it's great to be able to weave on one of our looms and have that as part of my practice also. That's great. I know you guys have um, a couple different lines of yarn that weavers love to work with. What, what do you recommend for weavers who haven't worked with your yarns before? Where should they start? Well, so we personally, we only have one line of, of wool yarn. So we do, we have a knitting yarn that's a silken wool, but our, our main, our traditional line, it's called Highland and Shetland. Um, that doesn't refer to the actual wool, which I know can be confusing. Um, it's just the weight. So Highland is a, is a heavier weight yarn than the Shetland is. And our Highland and Shetland come on cones and on skeins. So they're both for knitting and for weaving. Um, but it's it's the best wool that I've ever woven with. It's incredible to warp and it you create something and you wash it and it fluffs up and it's such an it's an amazing touch and it, it's really fun to work with. So if you have never worked with our yarn before, I highly suggest trying it, um, warping with it. You can use it for a warp and a weft. I mean, all of the classes that we we teach, they use our yarn in in a warp and a weft. Um, and we offer, you know, we have so many colors to choose from, um, that it's creating a color range with, with our product is, is really great. Yeah. That's great. So in addition to your work with Harrisville Designs, you have your own company, uh, Weaver House Co. Can you tell me more about that and what's on the horizon for it in 2018? Yeah, Weaver House has been, oh, it's been a passion project of mine that um, that grew into something that I'm incredibly proud of, but totally didn't really expect. Um, you know, I started it right when I came back from Peru, and it has it has morphed into so many different different versions and has grown in so many different ways. And now I just kind of see it as this platform where I'm able to connect with other weavers and other artists and uh, really start to grow some some specific and exciting you know curated projects and so I don't really know it's funny because moving to New Hampshire and starting this new position it was kind of a distinct decision you know do I want to do I want to really focus on Weaver House or do I want to enter into a new chapter of my life and so I don't really know what Weaver House is going to look like. I don't know how it's going to continue to evolve now that I am in New Hampshire and now that I am in this full-time position with Harrisville Designs. Um, and I'm really at peace with that. And I'm excited about that because I think there are some some projects that I've really wanted to tackle that, you know, when you're running a small business, you kind of have to view everything in the lens of making a profit. Unfortunately, you know, there for years, I was 
always weaving with that in the back of my my head. You know, if I was weaving something, how many hours did it take? What did the materials cost? Because I have to be able to charge the client in order to make a living. And this is the first time that I think I can really look at Weaver House not as a business, but as a, a true passion project and really think about projects in the vein of, you know, creating community or, um, I guess, growing community, the community that is already there and, and really looking at some, some exciting things that I want to do that have nothing to do with making money. And that's incredible because weaving, you know, has never been for me about, about the profit aspect, but you know, when you're running a small company, that's, that's what you always have to be thinking about. So for the first time, I think I'm, I'm really excited to to create some new projects that are just totally passion based and um, you know with other with other artists. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. What's on your loom right now? On my loom right now is it's a linen warp, and mm-hmm. I've just been. It's the second warp I've put on the Harrisville Designs loom since I've had it. And it's the first double cloth warp that I've put on. So I just got it on. I haven't actually been able to weave a lot on it yet, but I'm excited to to do some fun structures. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, it's been so fun to get to talk to you and to learn about your varied experience from Peru to New Hampshire to your to your own company. Um, I'd love if you could share where people can find you on social media and follow along with your work. And also if you have any last words of wisdom or advice for weavers out there. Sure. So first you can find me on Instagram at weaverhouseco and the same thing online, weaverhouseco.com. And then I also have a personal website, rachelsnack.com. And that is S-N-A-C-K like snack food. So it's easy (laughs) to find. (laughs) And um, you should also definitely check out Harrisville's website. So Harrisville Design's website is harrisville.com. And you can learn more about the company and, and see all the range of products that we offer. Um, and also on social media, it's, Har- it's Instagram is at Harrisville Designs. So, and I would say for, you know, I meet a lot of weavers that I think the, the main question I get, especially in DMs on Instagram or just in general is, you know, how did you, how did you turn what you love into a career? It's, I think a lot of people find that daunting. And I think truly that I have just always trusted in the fact that this is, this is a passion of mine that I don't want to ever have to let go of. And there have been times where I have really struggled like anyone else has, you know, either financially or, you know, emotionally, there have been some really low lows where, you know, I wanted an opportunity and didn't receive it, or I didn't think I was going to be able to continue on with what I was doing. And, and I just always pushed through and always found that the community that is there, especially the weaving community is really incredible and uplifting and giving. And I think just to, to never be discouraged and to never give up, on, on your passion. I know that sounds maybe cheesy, but it's, it's really true. And I, you know, I wouldn't be the creative director of Harrisville Designs right now if, if I hadn't, if I hadn't overcome a lot of those challenges along the way. And so I think, especially for people who have just started to learn to weave and, you know, maybe are a little, it's a little daunting, especially going from maybe like a lap loom to a floor loom. Um, But it's something that, 
is one of the most rewarding and exciting practices and it's so special to be a part of. So I just want to send out all the good energy into the universe and just let everyone know that that it is possible to, to follow that dream. Those are beautiful and uplifting parting words. Thank <laughs> so you. cheesy, but I mean it. <laughs> it's true. And I can, I can really tell you, I can tell that you mean it. And I, I just love about this weaving community, like how focused it really is on uplifting each other, like across generations and across different countries. I think there's, there's really a, a sense of, um, of community among us all. And so, yeah, well, it's yeah. incredible because there, it doesn't feel competitive Mm-hmm. You know, there are a mm-hmm. lot of other other areas, especially within the arts, where it's highly competitive. And, you know, I feel like when someone is asking me a structure question, I'm like, hell yeah, I want to help you figure this out. Not like, are you stealing my idea? Which I think is a lot of other people or a lot of other, other practices. It's kind of like you hoard your techniques. And this is just, I feel this community is just so giving. It just gives and gives and gives. And I, I really appreciate that and value that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving of your time with me on this Sunday afternoon and for sharing a little of your story. It was so nice to talk. It was really nice to talk to you, Sarah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Take care. That's a wrap. If you'd like to see photos of Rachel's stunning work, as well as some of the behind the scenes peaks of the Harrisville Designs Mill, you will find the show notes at www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen number five. And while you're there, take a look at the selection of weaving yarn on my website. I have a selection of cotton, wool, linen, silk, alpaca, and more that you can't find anywhere else. And I love working with weavers who are new to this craft or who have been at it for decades to help you find the perfect yarn for your next project. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking to Smita Paul, founder and owner of Indigo Handloom, which works with over 500 weavers in rural India to produce handwoven textiles using ancient techniques. We had a fascinating conversation about her journey from being a journalist to starting this company, the challenges that the handloom industry in India is facing, and how she partners with small designers and large companies to continue building a market for handwoven Indian fabric. Tune in next Monday for this conversation, and until next time, happy weaving!